things maybe a little differently. If we're willing to say, hey, I haven't been available, but I'm going to start to be available. People feel rejected and I feel rejected, so I'm going to make sure nobody else feels rejected. Those are steps of faith that that Bob is taking. I mean, his life and the books he's writing and the, and the, and the ways he's impacting the world in such a beautiful way is kind of the fruit of him simply saying, that's what I used to be, but I'm actually feeling invited in this way and I'm just going to say yes. Welcome to the special Friday edition of Jesus is Real Radio, featuring Pastor Daniel Fusco and host Billy Hallowell. Each week, we share a conversation between Daniel and Billy, and sometimes a special guest will join in. What is God calling you to do for the kingdom? It might be something big, but it could be some small thing, an act of kindness or a loving word shared. Today, Pastor Daniel and Billy will continue their conversation with author and speaker Bob Goff. And they'll be encouraging you to say yes, no matter what God's asking. Now, here's Pastor Daniel, Billy, and Bob Goff with today's edition of Jesus Is Real Radio. I remember when I was studying music, you know, I, I played music professionally and I had an instructor who told me that all musicians go through three phases. Not everyone gets to the third phase, but it begins with orientation. Like where you're just like, if you're playing the, the guitar, you're just picking it up, you're learning the strings, you're learning a couple chords, how to strum. You know, if you continue on, then you move into the imitation phase where, you know, hey, I really like Steve Ray Vaughan or, you know, I, you know, I love Jeff Beck or, you know, man, you know, Jimmy Page from Led Zeppelin, whoever it is. And, and, and you're, you're learning all their songs because all you want to do is turn on your favorite song and play the solo. But the, but the masters are the ones who move through orientation and through imitation into origination where you have your own voice, you know, and really what you're saying, Bob, is you're saying that same thing. You're saying, listen, you know, like I'm not as content to, to build consensus because really what you need is you need everyone who wants the same thing. But really you're saying, hey, we want to keep as we respond to Jesus and we understand who we are and who we've made us to be and what the world needs and how we interact with that rather than you know, you're judging somebody, you're coming down on somebody for their original take on what they're supposed to do. My job is actually to walk in what God has called me to. Like, like I think about you, like putting your phone number, like you're still the only person I know who's done that. It's insane in an amazing <laughs> way. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, how many, fo- you've gotten four or five phone calls during this time. One of which like, we ima- had a chance Billy, to hear. Imagine if you put your phone number on Twitter. Could you imagine what would oh, happen? I, I don't think I'd be getting friendly phone calls. Yeah, I can't, I can't imagine what would happen. Um, that's amazing. I just think it's an amazing thing. And that, that simplicity of making yourself available, it, again, it's convicting in a good way. It, it makes you think, well, if he can do that, why can't I? And I, that's what I love about, about you because I feel like that's the message you send to everybody. And we need that, especially now being present. I mean, it's so counter-cultural. <laughs> yeah, I really like the idea of this, uh, the hope that surrounds this idea of being a new creation. The friends at San Quentin that I'm not their teacher, I'm their student, but there's one guy named Al in particular who had been sentenced to death. He was on death row 
Uh, he actually had three dates set for his execution. You have to pick how you're going to die and you can do injection or gas chamber. And so another guy that I know there, he said, well, you pick for me. Is that crazy? And so Al's uh, sentence got overturned. He ended up getting released and he called about 10 days ago from San Francisco. He had a debit card with 200 bucks on it. <laughs> He's like, he's at the grocery store. He's like, what's a pin number? <laughs> I'm like, oh, dude. Yeah, put her on the line. I'll give her my credit card number. But to say uh, that idea that we can be like, we don't need to be the old version of us. We don't need to be figuring things out, even when a relationship died and it felt like a death sentence. And you make up, you have something that you don't understand. So you make up a story about what you didn't understand to explain it. Doesn't matter if it's accurate or not. You just made up a story. And then you create these rules to support the story that you made up to figure out the thing you couldn't understand. And so if you had yourself wounded in your faith or in a relationship or felt rejection, you could make up a story that I'm not lovable. Uh, you could make up some rules. I will never disclose things again. And I just want to revisit all that. I think the the route that we take to finding the kind of happiness you're talking about in your book is it isn't circuitous. It's deep. It, it involves going way deeper to say, what story did I make up to explain something that little eight-year-old Bobby Goff didn't understand like rejection? And mm-hmm. so then what were the rules that I made? What I'll do is deflect and make people laugh. And so if I could deflect and make people laugh, then I wouldn't have to go deep and talk about the painful things I don't understand because I'm still scratching my head. And so I would just say I wouldn't get stuck in an endless cycle of introspection, but I'd go back to the crime scene, find the little outline (laughs) that is you, and then, hello, it's Bob here. Hey, listen, I'm talking to some friends. Could you call back in 30 minutes? Yes, absolutely. Okay, bye. So find the, uh, the outline that is you and then go understand it and then uh, make a beautiful story about that. What I'm going to do is replace rejection with availability. I'm going to be the one that doesn't send anybody to voicemail because I don't want them to think that what it feels like to be rejected, to turn that for good, like 1 Corinthians talks about how God takes us stuff in our life and he uses the way we got comforted so we could comfort other people. And I can do it in four seconds on a call to just say, I hear you, you're worth answering the phone for So Bob, tell me this then, because your new book, Dream Big, you know, know what you want, why you want it, and what you're going to do about it. So we're talking about this, you know, know what you want. But really what we're also talking about is the fact that part of the journey of life, you know, what I would like to say that Jesus wants to lead us from, you know, he accepts us just as we are, but he loves us too much to leave us like this. So he wants to do a transformational work in the journey. And you're using, you know, people calling you as an opportunity to, to help, you know, write a new narrative, give them a new view. So, but how do we truly find what we want that's actually like what I would call our truest selves or the, or the best things about us? Because if we're not careful, what we want is just us in our, as you're saying, you know, my seven-year-old version of Danny Fusco who just wants everyone to smile and, and I can miss out on you know, God's best for my life. So how do we uncover what we, what we truly want that's really going to bring us into this hope of the new creation and the life we were created for? 
Yeah, it's a, it's a best guess for most of us. Uh, it can be informed by your faith. I don't want to assume that everybody listening, uh, faith is a big deal for them. So if faith isn't a big deal for you, then just do whatever seems like a really good idea. Uh, if faith is a big deal for you, then go full Paul and just go back to scripture and say, like, I don't know. If you, if you believe uh, that the Bible like, you know, has uh, some authority in your life, like that, that that's a document that you can rely on, I'd go back to that one. And if it isn't, then just do whatever sounds like a really good idea. And there's no judgment in that. I'm, I'm like just such a big Matthew 16, right after the don't tell anybody, it says flesh and blood doesn't reveal these things to you, but the spirit of God. And so I'm just have so much confidence that God will, he's up to different things in your life, Danny and Billy, than he is in my, there's a, a, a wedding that's going to happen somewhere tomorrow. And there's a, a bride that's praying for sunshine. <laughs> and there's a farmer who's praying for rain. And if it rains, it doesn't mean he doesn't like the bride. It means he's just doing something else in somebody's life than he happens to be doing in her. And it's not binary. Wow, that's a really great example, actually. <laughs> yeah, so you just say like, it's not like he, he likes this person, he doesn't like this person. He's just up to different stuff at different times. And I think that's why eternity is going to take so long. That I, I, you know, Jesus says he's going to have a couple questions for us. Well, I've got a couple questions for him. <laughs> <laughs> just a couple? Oh, man. But I love it, uh, the uh, taking a genuine interest in one another that like Jesus asked 300 questions, but he only answered two. I don't think we need to swing at every pitch. People would say like, well, I've got a question for you. He's like, awesome, I've got a question for you. And I think it just isn't to be argumentative. It's to just to kind of sync it up and to say, uh, let's talk about something that is important. And so when it's like, what's your playbook? How do you know if it's the real thing? I would say, I don't know, what's the most authoritative document in your life? Uh, and if it's National Geographic, then like I'd go get those out and check it out. And if it's uh, the Bible, then I'd get that out and check it out. And so what I try to do is point people towards that. Say like, I don't know, like what's the truest thing you know of? Uh, and they'd say like, I'd go check that out. I love so I'm not it. trying to be the guy that's an answer. You put a quarter in and then out spits <laughs> out your, you know, you only get on those little horses in front of the grocery store that way. But I'm, I'm on the adventure too. I got a bunch of questions, might be different ones, but my best guess, even as a man of faith is informed by my faith. It's informed by scripture. It's informed by my experiences. It's informed by my failures and it's informed by a couple successes. And then you just do the best you can. And I know there's a bigger, more theology, you know, like multiple syllable words in there. But I would say like best guess, <laughs> best informed guess. Yeah. And I love what you're saying, Bob, because really what you like, everybody wants certainty today. Like it's like we want certainty about everything, you know, and, and so much of what Jesus talks about is actually us walking by faith. And it's not that we don't know anything. It's just that we, you know, like everyone's like, well, what's the next step I should take? And you're just saying, well, lean into what you understand to be the authority, you know, like, so for us, it'd be the, it'd be the scriptures. And listen, just for a second, for those of you who are watching and listening, who, who don't yet believe in Jesus, you know, um, unabashedly, like we're just stoked because of who Jesus is. And I remember when I, as an early 20 year old, I began to kind of read the, the Bible for myself. I grew up in like kind of a, like kind of an agnostic family. We're kind of culturally Catholic, but never really spoke about Jesus unless, you know, he came up in an argument, you know, uh, and he got brought in often in the arguments. Um, but I remember when I started reading about Jesus and I realized that my views of Jesus were really shaped by 
people who of faith who I didn't like, whether they were judgmental or unkind or, or I mean, I was kind of a crazy kid, as you can imagine. And, and so I had a lot of people telling me that, you know, there was a spot waiting for me in hell and, and, and I was going to go there in a blaze of glory and, and, and all that kind of stuff. And so I realized that for many people, you know, when we start talking about Jesus, you know, there's, there's all sorts of cultural trappings. There's also people who have hurt us, but I would just encourage you if, if you've been hurt by people of faith in the past, you know, um, don't ever forget the fact that Jesus wants us to like the people of God are not perfect. They're forgiven. And at, at best, the people of God realize that they're imperfect. That's what we've been talking about, like how we live out of our brokenness, how we can make decisions based on uh, things that have gone on that, you know, we, we write a narrative about it and that becomes a life story. And what I've learned is that Jesus, when, when we say yes to him, he invites himself into our journey. And then he's like, hey, I actually know the way. So let's go this way instead. And, and so I realize that for all of us, I think God is inviting us to take a step of faith. And in a lot of ways, it's what Bob is talking about, how we can, if we're willing to lean in to do things maybe a little differently, if we're willing to say, hey, I haven't been available, but I'm going to start to be available. People feel rejected and I feel rejected. So I'm going to make sure nobody else feels rejected. Those are steps of faith that that Bob is taking. I mean, his life and the books he's writing and the, and the, and the ways he's impacting the world in such a beautiful way is kind of the fruit of him simply saying, that's what I used to be, but I'm actually feeling invited in this way and I'm just going to say yes. And I think that's kind of where the magic happens, isn't it? Yeah, and then things will go right a couple times and wrong a couple times. Uh, we uh, got this camp, which is a horrible thing to get at a time where nobody can gather. <laughs> We're getting crushed. Uh, But adjacent to the camp is a big field. And on the big field was a big barn. So I I got the field and the barn. And adjacent to the field and the barn is a horse racing track. I kid you not. And so for a guy who'd never gotten on a horse before, I've got horses and barns and uh, jockeys. (laughs) Oh, wow. They they, uh, take everybody's fast, expensive horse and they run them around in circles. And that's how we're keeping the camp alive. It's always what's adjacent to what's near you right now. Like what, what is it that's your ambition? And to say, should I do it? Should I not? Say, if you get a no on this, like all of the opportunities that you went for didn't work, say, is there something adjacent? And I looked out and found a, a barn. I said like, well, let's fill it full of People, other people's horses. I don't want one, uh, but <laughs> we put other people's horses in it and they effectively don't get glitter on them. So one of the things that I want us to do is to think through in our lives what's already adjacent to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have a friend that's adjacent to you? Can you be authentic? I uh, did throw a leg over this horse. It was like snorting and making lots of noises and nobody had ever gotten on it before. I'm like, what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> So I saddle on this horse a couple of days ago and I got on the horse and it took off running and bucking. And I was like, I seeing my like ankles above my head <laughs> and I fell off. I landed right on my head and everybody ran up and like, are you okay? And I popped to my feet laughing and saying, of course I'm fine. Now I knew I was lying. They knew I was lying, but I had to ask myself, why didn't I just say I really got my bell rung? And the reason was I didn't want to make anybody else feel bad. So what I did is told an untruth about myself so no one else would feel bad. And I say, if you want to find your way forward in your faith or deeper in your relationships, just stop saying the things that aren't true. 
Like that would be a really simple way. <laughs> Sounds like a really good idea. And it didn't, I didn't want them to think I'm a tough guy or whatever. I don't know anything about horses. I don't know what end to put the straw in. Uh, but but uh, stop lying to yourself. Stop lying to the people around you. Just get real. Just say, man, I don't know. Like, I'm really sad right now. And give me a little bit and let me just catch my breath and probably won't be as sad, but to just say some truth. And man, with that vulnerability, it just flings the doors open for people to come and actually meet real needs that you might have as you're bleeding from your eyes and ears. Uh, if you keep telling everybody you're okay, that like that, it, the, we're living, uh, we become a caricature of who we are. I know that I know that you have phone calls coming in because there were at least two that you gave time. So we want to let you go soon. But one one final question I have for you is just, you know, what has been for you your most difficult personal obstacle to overcome in your life? I'd just be curious to hear that. Yeah, one thing will be it'll be a continuing um, struggle with authenticity. I don't know if that's unique to me or unique to people, but to risk and to be vulnerable, um, it just takes guts. When we bought this camp, somebody sent us a, a movie called We Bought a Zoo. I, I don't know if you saw that, but it oh, was yeah. dad. We have kids. We know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've seen that one. Yeah. So I remember that a point where the guy takes his son aside and he says, all it takes is 20 seconds of insane courage. Just 20 seconds of insane courage, it will change everything. And so, Billy, I would say the same thing is true for me. Like just I want to make these moments happen that will take 20 seconds of insane courage. And it won't be like building a dam or running out of a building with somebody under each arm. It'll just be vulnerable to people to say, I don't care what it looks like in my faith. Let's just talk about the way it is. And I think that'll always be my growing edge. Maybe some people listening, they'll resonate with that as well. Yeah. What about you, Daniel? I'm just curious. Like, what, what what would you say has been your toughest? Well, so in a lot of ways, um, you know, I think Bob and I are very similar in kind of the way that we're wired. And so that idea of, of vulnerability is is huge. You know, I said earlier, you know, being an all Italian kid from New Jersey, like sarcasm was our love language. If they loved you, they made fun of you, you know? And so, um, so literally you just learned how to cover over anything that could, even if it was deeply wounding, nobody would ever know. Mm. You know, and so yeah. one of the things that I always love is I, I always like to make a distinction with people between authenticity and vulnerability, because authenticity says, this is who I am. Get used to it. Right. And it's like, this is me. But if there's a there's a, a pride and an arrogance to it. But vulnerability says, this is who I am. Can you help me? Mm. You know, and and in a lot of ways, our culture loves the authenticity, like just this is who I am, like, you know, <laughs> but but that move. And, and I think it's that humility that, you know, like for us, as we believe in Jesus, the, the most humble thing is to say, I can't save myself. I need a savior, you know, and that's why in the beginning of the Beatitudes, you know, it says, you know, bust of the porn spirit, you know, the people who realize that they're kind of bankrupt, like theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Like you become a citizen when you realize, bro, I don't have too much going for me right now. And so I think that move from just being willing to say, this is who I am, the authenticity, but that move to saying, actually, this is who I am, but I actually need your help because who I am is not who I'll always be. This is where I'm at now and I need help to grow. And, and, and I think that for me, whether it's as a husband, as a dad, you know, uh, as, a, as, a, as a leader, as a pastor, to be able to come and say, like, you know, with all that's been going on with uh, with the coronavirus right now, you know, you know, Bob calls it the, the glitter. You know, it's yeah, like you have to say glitter. You cannot. Yeah. You have to keep the virus word out. 
Like the way forward for us as like a church in the state of Washington right now, someone's like, well, you know, you have to have a plan. I'm like, right now, like, I just know we're in a global pandemic. We have lots of vulnerable people. People are scared. Some people think that this is a fake. And I'm like, so you have everybody all over the place and I don't really know what to do. So I'm going to err on caution right now. And then people are like, well, that's lacking faith. And they can start yelling. I'm like, oh no, but I'm just telling you, I, I don't know the right way forward right now, but I just know that in a once in a generation global pandemic, Caution might be smart. I'm not normally cautious. I am right now. Like I'm not scared of it, but I don't want anyone to get sick. And, and and so, but that is so hard because we actually live in a day and age where people don't really want their leaders to be vulnerable anymore. Like they just want you back. This is the way, even if it's a dumb way. It's like at least we have a way, you know. And and I think that move, that vulnerability piece, it's scary because it's us taking the masks off. It's us taking the narratives off and be like, yeah, I don't know. Can you help? That's so true. Yeah, it's a struggle too. I think some people, I struggle. I'm not like you guys. I, I love being positive. I wake up with gratitude, but I ha- it's like an effort for me to remember because I won in high school, my superlatives were funniest and worst complainers. So you can imagine that mixture of, you know, it's, it's a very strange mixture and most superstitious. I had like a third one too that I didn't understand. But the first two, I, I totally, I get it. And that's why, so I constantly have got to be checking that because humor is a way that I complain, right? And so, you know, it's just, it's a thing. And you guys are naturally joyful. I have joy, but I feel like sometimes I have to, I really have to recondition myself because you can fall back into those patterns, right? When, you, when you're disconnected from, you know, a few days go by, I'm not doing quiet time, I'm not praying, and I start to focus on the negative more than the positive in life. And so that's a, that's a big challenge for me and a big struggle for me that it's, it's ongoing. Like you were saying, Bob, it's like for, for all of us, I think it's not just a one-time thing. It's something we have to keep working at, I think. Yeah, I think we can call it out in ourselves when you feel yourself going cynical. Just call it for what it is. Cynicism's a punk. And don't yeah. let it punk you. But you don't need to call it out in everybody else. Say like, yeah, you're not, again, you're not calling balls and strikes. Just say like, run, don't run. But for like, as for me and my household, like this is where we're going. I know why I'm, I'm just taking the next courageous step. You know, it took 20 seconds of courage to get there. And so I'm just going to take that next one. Well, what a great time talking to you yeah, guys. Yeah, thank you guys. Thank you. This has been great. Ton and blessings on you guys. So good to be with you. The pleasure has been seriously ours, Bob. Seriously. Yeah, thanks so much. Appreciate it. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I had such a blast with Bob Goff. Billy, what'd you think? I love it. I mean, I love... The thing about Bob is he convicts me, like I said, during the show, but... but it's, it's in a way that just makes me want to be a better person. And I look at him and I'm like, man, why can't I be that way? And the truth is I can be, right? I can be, I can, he's, he's just living out. Not that I don't live out with authenticity, but I think it's interesting what he said his, his struggle was, right? Because I think he does live authentically, right? I mean, you see him doing this, his phone rang. It's not like he just put his number on a book and changed his number. The phone was ringing the entire time. He is living that out. So it's incredible. I agree completely. I, I'm think my big takeaway is just be available. You know, it, we, we're so distracted today. Listen, I want to thank all of you for joining me, my good buddy Billy Hallowell on Crazy Happy with Daniel Fusco. This podcast, we are excited to be exploring. You know, life at street level, Jesus at street level. What goes on, and how how do we grow into this true joy? So, on behalf of Billy and myself, listen. God bless you guys. Let's be crazy happy together. Jesus is. We're so happy that you joined us for this Friday edition of Jesus is Real Radio. 
As you listened in on Pastor Daniel and Billy's conversation with Bob Goff, you may have been challenged by this idea of vulnerability. It's an authentic admission of who you are that's coupled with a willingness to ask for help. Because let's face it, everyone needs help sometimes. We're all a work in progress. Pastor Daniel encouraged you to be vulnerable, letting other people come alongside you to help you grow and flourish. We'll have a preview of next week's episode in just a moment. Thanks for listening to the Crazy Happy Podcast with Pastor Daniel Fusco and author and journalist Billy Hallowell. Each week you'll hear discussion on important topics that affect your life now. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app and get notified each time we post a new edition of the show. For more information, visit JesusIsRealRadio.com. Now, here's Josh. Join us again next Friday on Jesus Is Real Radio when Pastor Daniel and Billy talk about how to get your head around how to move forward in 2021 after the hardness of 2020. You'll learn that you don't have to carry the weight of the past into your future. Pastor Daniel and Billy will share some practical steps to help you move forward with joy. Well, that's all we have time for on this special Friday edition of Jesus Is Real Radio. For more information, visit JesusIsRealRadio.com and don't forget to subscribe to the Crazy Happy with Pastor Daniel podcast. And be sure to join us again for another edition of Jesus Is Real Radio. Jesus Is Real Radio.